and welcome to T-Pids. I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. T-Pids is the show where we select a VHS tape from my collection or Lindsay's collection or sometimes even a guest's collection. <laughs> we watch it and then we talk about it. Lindsay, we have a special someone with us today. Care to introduce her? Yeah, today we have the great comedian Chloe <laughs> Keister with us today. Thank you for having me. Now, Chloe, you brought a special movie on the show today. I did. I brought All Dogs Go to Heaven, a classic from 1989. <laughs> 1989. That was a good year for animation, The Simpsons. I was born. Well, interestingly... <laughs> Lindsay was born. Yeah. The great animated classic, <laughs> Lindsay's Life. Uh, interestingly, this movie came out the same day as The Little Mermaid. Oh, wait, really? Which kind of yeah. restarted Disney. Yeah, because Disney had a long break. And it's interesting because this director, Don Bluth, who also did such classics as The Land Before Time and A Troll in Central Park. Classic. <laughs> Aww. Uh, was originally credit for An American Tale. An American Tale, Titan A.E. Thumbelina? Thumbe I don't know about Thumbelina. I thought it was him. He originally was a part of Disney and broke off in the late 70s he had a to form. Falling out with Steven Spielberg. A falling out with Steven Spielberg as well. And uh, so, this is. Uh, tell us about your relationship with this movie, Chloe. Why, why'd um, you pick this one? Well, I don't know. I saw it on your shelf and I just became immediately nostalgic. And then while watching it, I realized I had no recollection <laughs> of it at all. So. That's, the, that's the thing, too, because we actually used my tape. It's very well worn. Like, the case yeah. is really worn. You can tell that I it watched loved. it a lot. Yeah. Yet I didn't remember anything. No, but I remembered yeah. an evil cigar smoking dog. I'm not even that, sure if I saw this when I was a kid. Yeah. That's yeah. possible. I didn't remember anything else, although the, the alligator scene... You feel you would remember I that, right? I felt Didn't like it was it? kind of in my head, but I just blocked it out somehow. The only one I really remembered was that weird dorky dog, like the evil dog. Yeah. The sidekick. The nerd dork dog with mm -hmm. glasses. This is kind of the perfect VHS tape to have on our show because it sort of checks all the boxes and that you grew up with it as a child. <laughs> it uh, clearly well-worn VHS tape of Lindsay's, uh, a battered uh, box, and it has some great ads on the <laughs> yeah. front and end of it. Oh, geez. Yeah, this is another one that has an ad after the credits, although yeah. this one's supporting the Boys and Girls Club. This is, this is a strange one. Fade in, and it's Dom DeLuise hinting that he's got a special message for us at the end of the tape, and we might just learn something if we make it through the credits. I, I feel like that, that was them making up for the fact that there's like reference there's a reference to a whorehouse we've got their organized gambling. crime there's all kinds of gambling they're mm. smoking non-stop and i think they had the boys and girls club thing to be like see kids we're not pushing this this isn't what you do do you think that they are preemptively fighting any controversy that might come out of this dark dark children's movie or do you think they'd already gotten complaints between the time it was in theaters and on video i don't know oh, yeah i wonder although you said it got the thumbs up from Ebert. That doesn't How? mean anything. <laughs> Does he give everything thumbs up? I'm not really familiar. Well, I don't know. He, uh, Roger Ebert, God rest his soul, sometimes uh, got <laughs> things very that? wrong. 
Yeah, I think you got this movie wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we had a couple other trailers. Yeah, we had a couple yeah. other ones. Uh, next up was a movie that I wasn't familiar with, but another Don Bluth production called Rock-A-Doodle. Yeah, that was another movie that I watched a lot as a kid. It is somewhere in my parents' house. It seems like Don Bluth's wheelhouse is like gangster animals smoking and drinking and doing half-assed musical and numbers. And trying to kill each other. Yeah. Like that whole movie is a conspiracy to try and kill an Elvis rooster. Oh, really? I, that, that's what I remember. I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. And they're also period pieces, right? I mean, yeah. it seemed like it was, that was a 50s. Period pieces that totally ignore yeah. their period. I, yeah. I could, I could be wrong on, on what that movie's about, but I'm pretty sure at some point someone tries to kill it, the Elvis. This chicken. Another uh, treat before we're, uh, <laughs> we do our main feature was we had a, uh, a Downey commercial that was so bizarre. It didn't even make sense because no. it's an ad for Downey, but it was all about these kids that wanted to keep a dog. Yeah. I mean, I guess the dog was the connection to the movie. I don't really know what this has to do with but Downey. Downey was not involved. Well, well, the mom was using it while she did laundry and then chuckled well, at the children. Yeah. I guess they did They did wash the dog because it was a stray they'd found. You hope they just didn't abduct it from someone's backyard Well, somewhere. these kids Stop are it. sneaking around. These, but they the... did wipe it down with the towels mom had washed. That's true. So the mom was probably pissed. Like I just washes with maybe downy, maybe guys. that's what it is because these sneaking kids bring this big old mangy mutt into their house. They get like watermelon and fruit out of their fridge. They're feeding him what dogs they... love. Exactly what dogs crave. And the dog, uh, <laughs> I almost said the dog, but the dad catches them and demands that the this filthy animal be kicked out of the house. Mm -hmm. But they make up for it by putting some flowers in the teeth of that dog and delivering it to the parents. So thanks, Downey. <laughs> thanks, Downey, for. In I, I don't even really know what Downey did there. At the end of the commercial, the, the, the dog did fall asleep on a towel washed with Downey. So maybe that's what ties it all together. Maybe. Do you guys remember any of these ads as being on the tape? No. Or is this all new to you? It no. felt new. Yeah, yeah I didn't remember that at all. I've never seen that ad, basically. <laughs> And Chloe, I'm going to give you credit for a fourth ad because uh, in addition to the Dom DeLuise introduction, after at the end of the tape we have a uh, infomercial or, or PSA for the... Yeah, it felt like a PSA. It felt like a PSA because it was like, kids, all this bad stuff isn't good. You need to go to the Boys and Girls Club. He was, so well... He, he said specifically, beat the streets. Beat yeah, the streets. beat the streets. <laughs> It fades in and he says, I'm Dom DeLuise. I played Itchy in the movie. <laughs> Which I think is supposed to be his itchy laugh. I don't That's know. That's not what that character but it was sounds terrifying. like. <laughs> itchy like pretty much all of the characters in the all of the dog characters in this movie is not a likable character. He's pretty much just looking out for himself. Like, itchy is more likable than Charlie B. Barkin. Yeah. No, That's he's, true. He's more likable because he, he realizes it's probably not a good idea to abduct a child and use yeah. her to win in gambling. But he, he does spend, He spends most of the movie ranting about giving stuff to poor people, though. Yeah. yeah. That's his chief complaint. It's he's like, just looking out for number one. Yeah. He's kind of the, the wimp of the group. Which I thought his outfit was kind of 90s for a movie oh, totally set in was. 1939. Yeah. He should have had a skateboard at all times. <laughs> he, he kept, he was wearing a ball cap backwards and a weird vest. Mm-hmm. 
pretty rad. So, 1939, the Louisiana Bayou, a world where dogs and Our, most animals talk. They're gangsters. They're gangsters. They're, yeah, they're Yeah, gangsters. Maybe, maybe set this up for us, Chloe, because <laughs> I feel like the audience that hasn't seen All Dogs Go to Heaven is already confused. Well, it, is, it begins can... with a prison break. <laughs> yeah. um, they're, they're on death row. Or no, Charlie's on death row, and he's being prison broken by... Uh, Prison broken. Like he's <laughs> I was house so broken. confused at the beginning of this movie because it's like, are they coal miners? What is this? Why happening. are they underground? Yeah. yeah, it took me a while to realize that it was the pound. Yeah, it was yeah. the pound. But this was an intense pound. Like it, it felt... they shot at them as they were yeah. escaping. They were shooting guns at them. It seemed like a prison you would have seen for like prisoners of war. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> and so they make it back to their what their. Uh... It's like the club. Gambling the, yeah, yeah. It's a the dog casino is what I wrote down. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's essentially a dog casino. It's kind of like what you would have seen during Prohibition or something. Mm-hmm. Like it has that feel to it. And they, he comes back and they break into a half-assed musical number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of, so we should mention who voices Charlie because that's oh, yeah. a big part of this movie. Old Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds <laughs> improv and half oh, yeah. singing, half committed to everything. Yeah, fun fact. He improvised a lot of his lines and apparently was better than the script. So I don't know what the script was. <laughs> what does that say about the script? Yeah, That's pretty bad. So what are some of his, his best improvs from the movie? Well, some of his memorable like, riffs. The memorable riffs? I don't know, yeah, what he actually improvised, but I like the moment where <laughs> they were like, oh, that poor child. Let's kidnap her. <laughs> And then yeah. he, he makes an offhand comment about a whorehouse at one point. I'm pretty yeah. sure he said you, whorehouse. I didn't hear that, but I trust you guys. I, we might have misheard, but basically Based Charlie else, Charlie no. seems to be like a lieutenant in this larger dog criminal underground led by Carface. Car they're partners. Oh, they're partners. Yeah, I, I believe they were partners, yeah. But, and well, he was in the, well, he, he was in, in the slammer. In the slammer, exactly. <laughs> It seems that Carface has taken it all over. Yeah. Yeah, he wants it for himself, so he has to get rid of Charlie. Thus, cueing all dogs going to heaven. <laughs> it gets really dark. Yeah, yeah. This, so they murder this dog, Charlie. Very much like a 30s gangster movie. Yeah, but instead of cement and shoes, they run him over with a car because he's a dog. Yeah, yeah, they set him up yeah. on a pier. And well, then... first they get him drunk. They take him out to a. <laughs> so appropriate. They take him out to. There's a like Mardi Gras parade going on, and they have this bar hidden inside of a giant fish float. Was it a fish? It was terrifying. Yeah, it was yeah. like a yeah. demon fish float. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. is, can we mention really quick though? It was set in Louisiana, but none of them, none of them had Southern accents. Everyone no. sounded like they were from New York. Yeah, they all have like Brooklyn gangster accents. It was like a convenient setting so they could bring in like Mardi Gras and a large alligator at the end. Yeah, <laughs> they were trying to bring voodoo into it too. Mm-hmm. So I guess you just have to put it in Louisiana with a cross-dressing alligator guy. With we're we're jumping really? ahead, but we should talk we about should. this alligator. You have some thoughts about this, Chloe. Well, I did some research before we watched the movie because I was super excited. (laughs) And apparently, a big-lipped alligator moment is a trope. And this is like the origin of that trope (laughs) because it's like a random scene that has no bearing on the plot, is very over the top, it just like ends and then that's it. Except that Except it, it comes some bearing on the yeah. plot. And it's like they even chose the location in part so they could do this, I feel like. Yeah. We're of course referring to the scene in which Charlie is abducted by 
alligator worshipping rats that <laughs> sacrifice him to a gay alligator. But the alligator hears his beautiful voice and realizes he can't eat him and they should make music together. Yeah. Well, and it's weird because then suddenly he's like a cross-dressing musical alligator. That's... The entire setting changes. Yeah, it becomes more beautiful. Yeah. They manage to insult black people, gay people, and alligators <laughs> all in one fell yeah. swoop with but this number. I couldn't stop looking at the lip because that was definitely it's them doing like a looking. stereotypical yeah. like they wanted to make sure you knew this was a black alligator <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think we should we should really talk about the fact that this dog dies really early in Very the movie yeah. yeah one of the i mean i guess it's the title of the movie and it's the thing that i have some beef with <laughs> is this idea that dogs all automatically go to heaven because they're loyal mm -hmm. but all of these dogs are scumbags they're all yeah. gamblers and murderers and kidnappers except for that one collie there's a collie the, the that puppies. takes care of yeah. all the orphan puppies mm -hmm. yeah but nice. she was definitely trying to have sex with Bert Red. yeah <laughs> you could tell that was definitely happening no, these are all your puppies <laughs> the second that Burt Reynolds gets to dog heaven, uh, he's immediately greeted by this uh, Peter at the Gates type mm -hmm. character. She tells him basically that dogs are so loyal that it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to go to heaven. Unless you try and go back, I guess are the laws of this movie. If you, in this floating scape of like clouds and clocks if you grab your clock and wind it back and send yourself back to earth then that's a being a bad dog no, <laughs> you can never dog, come back get, they say yeah. repeat you, <laughs> you can, can never, never come back, back charlie except that's not the case yeah because yeah, he does go back yeah, these does. rules are Spoiler. are suspect yeah. <laughs> but so anyway we have an evil dog later that seems like the devil and gets yeah, to go to heaven he quite perfect. literally turns into the devil at one point and yet he has a spot in heaven Mm -hmm. And he's the most disloyal character in the movie because he murders his former business partner. Plus, so, his other assistant, Killer, the nerdy dog with the glasses, he keeps blowing smoke in his face, so he's giving him lung cancer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and almost feeds him to Piranha. Yeah, yeah there's that, Generally too. abuses him verbally. Yeah. Yeah, just like everybody else. Yeah, poor dog. But he loves the little girl. He says that. I don't think he meant it. <laughs> I think he loves the money, but we should explain. Yeah, so a whole other strange facet of this movie is this little girl uh, Anne-Marie who has been kidnapped by Carface because she has the ability to speak to animals. We don't exactly know mm, why. Never explained. But she can in this it's world. a magical orphan. Yeah. A magical orphan. In this world basically every species except for dogs <laughs> engage in some sort of race with each other that you can bet on. There's yeah. turtle races, rat races, haha, <laughs> get it? Yeah. Uh, horse <laughs> races, frog races. Kangaroo boxing. Kangaroo oh, yeah. boxing. boxing. Very lucrative yeah. kangaroo boxing. And this girl sort of knows the fix. Like, she knows well, when it's the old... Well, she just asks them. Because yeah. yeah. Apparently, all those animals just let certain people win, depending. If it's yeah. your birthday. Yeah, if it's your birthday. Yeah. Or... But it's interesting, too, because, like, none of the animals can talk to each other. She's the only one that can talk to everyone. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So oh, there's yeah, no, so, But no, the horse no... understood the dog once and, like, hit him, but they couldn't yeah. speak. But they couldn't speak to each other. There's a lot of holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can cats speak? Were there any cat talking cats? No. There was only one that, like, screeched and then Oh, yeah. Away, so what like... about in the opening uh, rat race? Wasn't that a cat just kind of calling it, or was that it was just like a, a scruffy... Oh, okay. Yeah. I one. got excited. I was like, ooh, yeah, it's that Boston. Was... I love Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if people were more likely to grow up with this movie if they grew up with dogs. 
Because we only had cats growing up. Possibly. I probably uh. really wanted to watch this movie just because there were dogs on the cover. And I'm also yeah. thinking this, the is, title. this is definitely a dog movie, too. Like you, mm-hmm. like Sean there's pointed so out, there's no cat that speaks in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then you only see one cat, and it's just screaming at him when he... Yeah. Yowling like when he jumps out of the water after he's died. cat on the pier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only cat. There are rules for this universe that they don't make sense. Like, the dogs can also talk to humans, and the humans can hear the dogs talk. Can't can they? Or do you think it's just because Anne Marie can talk to animals? Okay, so so other humans are they just watching these dogs move their lips silently? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, they're just barking. Oh, okay. They're just barking or something. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of weird because the humans didn't notice that they were wearing clothes either. At least Itchy was wearing clothes. Or smoking and drinking beer (laughs) and murdering each other. I guess that's what the pound is for. Maybe that's why it was such a high-security prison. <laughs> so then we move into the part of the movie where uh, Charlie and Ichi have convinced Anne-Marie that they're going to use her gift of talking to animals to fix all these races, or to yeah. bet on these races correctly. And, and this is after they kidnapped her from her having been kidnapped by Carface. So much kidnapping. That yeah. Poor child. <laughs> yeah. Kidnapper. Poor kid. Kidnapper. I'm pretty sure he improvised that line. Yeah, yeah. that's a Burt Reynolds I original. <laughs> but yeah, no, they yeah. they convince her that she's gonna live in a taxi cab with them. They'll eventually. They promise they'll find her a family mm-hmm. and get her a new dress. And they'll give money to the poor because they read her Robin Hood, and now well, she wants to be a good person. He was reading War and Peace upside down, <laughs> but just telling, telling her yeah. Robin Hood story. He's illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> so is she. Aww. So there's a lot I mean we should just get the sadness out of the way about Anne Marie. Yes. This really darkened the movie for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I probably should have told you guys after you watched, because I know repeatedly during the movie at her parts everybody would just be like, Aw, because she was murdered by her father. In real life. In real life. The little girl who plays Anne Marie was murdered. She was murdered. Um her mother and her were murdered. Before the movie came out. I don't know. You don't don't remember the details. But yeah, and then the ending song is, you know, a tribute to her. Love survives. Love survives. Yeah. Very sad. She was also a ducky in the lab of her time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's had a promising career ahead of her. She actually had a ton of roles. I was going through her credits and she was on. She had a bit role in it almost every popular TV show of the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. It was kind of insane. She was doing a ton of acting. She had an adorable voice. She had a really she sweet so voice, yeah. I wonder if that was actually her doing the singing scene, because there's a scene where her character is singing. It's kind of hard to tell if it's her or not. Judith Barcy was her name. Yeah. The little actress. A lot of people in this movie died later. Yeah. <laughs> At least six of the original cast members are now gone. Yeah. Uh, although picking, although Dom laugh, DeLuise lived sad. to a, an old age. Yeah, he, he, he passed away in 2009. He made it. He got to be in the sequel. Oh, good. Wow. With Charlie Sheen replacing Burt Reynolds, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess if you guys want to watch that one next. <laughs> I have. Right now. But yeah, no, we we spent a lot of this movie just going, aww, when she was on the screen. Be- She's dead! <laughs> because her character is so tragic. It's an yeah. orphan that goes from just one shitty situation to another, being used by different 
elements of the dog mafia (laughs) for their own ends. It really takes him until toward the end of the movie, Charlie, to really care about her, right? Because he's still using her for his own gain. He takes her away from what would be a very happy, healthy home so he can still gamble. Oh, yeah, because a couple takes her in. Yeah. The couple that they stole the wallet of during their horse racing. So they could start their gambling career. They needed some... And he guilts her, and he's terrible. And then there's that terrible moment where he doesn't see her behind him, and he's just saying, like, no, I'm just using her. It's just business. I don't love her. She's not my best friend. And just goes on. She's not my best friend. You are my best friend, Itchy. Come on now. And he didn't have to say any of that to Itchy. And it's unclear if he really believes that or not. And he just kept going on with him continuing to say cruel things. He's like, dump her in an orphanage. Yeah, he actually said, I'm going to dump her in an orphanage. Was that, was that a Burt Reynolds improv? <laughs> oh my god. Maybe Burt Reynolds just hates orphans and was going on a rant. I like to think that Burt Reynolds is just plastered every time he came into the studio to read. And that's why so much of it is ad-libbed. Oh man. He couldn't follow the script. He just started making it up. And even he when he saved her, it was bad. Oh, yeah. Like at the very end when they're like in that like the pool and everything's going to shit and he's like mm-hmm. putting her on a raft and he not he doesn't swim with her to get no. her to safety he, he just pushes in her pushes her and he's like you can make it kid he's got this kid through the oil flames He's pulling a real Titanic and, like, sacrificing himself for no reason. Yeah, but then he goes down to try to get the watch still. It's He's trying yeah. to save himself, yeah. yeah. It's not like he really was that... Again, he this none of these dogs deserve to go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> That's my big problem with this movie. But he got to be in heaven and be with the hot pink whippet. Mm-hmm. Up there, who might be Who's probably pissed now. Yeah, she seems really pissed at the end. Well, because at the beginning, when he first died, she said that no one has ever gone back from dog heaven, mm-hmm. and yet two of them do in this movie. Yeah, Carface <laughs> makes an attempt. After yeah, he which just does. tells you how much alike Charlie and Carface are. Like they kind of try to they try to redeem Charlie, but he's just not. A, he's not no. good. He's a bad dog. He's, he's bad like, up until the very dog. end of the movie. <laughs> She, she even calls him bad dog It's very point. satisfying to finally yeah. hear it because yeah. I'm bad dog. Oh yeah, I wanted to mention that Pope Francis has said that animals do go to heaven, so we can all rest easy now. Okay. I didn't hear it. Was that a, an official proclamation? You didn't hear? It stopped the press. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I like to think that Pope Francis had just seen dogs go to heaven <laughs> and a tear came to his eye at the end of it. That's but why they're they, like, regardless of yeah. the, the shitty things that you've done, dogs, you can go to heaven because the Pope said you could. The thing is, is it a separate heaven for dogs? Because you only see this whippet up there. Like, yeah. do dogs have their own heaven, or do they get to be in heaven with people? Because that's kind of sad. Do cats go to heaven? Do other animals go to heaven? Like, is this exclusive? I don't know. There's definitely an anti-cat uh, yeah, it's, it's very, sentiment to this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of catism going. On. <laughs> but well, there's a, there's an anti lots of things. We were kind of joking while we were watching the movie. Every time that uh, the little girl kisses Charlie. He reacts as if he's disgusted and he's trying to wipe away her slobber. It's like he's kind of looking down on her. He just does not treat her very well. He kind of treats her like garbage the whole movie. Even at the very end, right before he leaves to dog heaven again, he's like, yeah. When she says, I love you, he's like, yeah. I love you. <laughs> I feel like I wonder if his disgust is like a turnaround of how people's dogs kiss them and they're and they get slop all oh, over them and it's supposed it, like yeah. it's supposed to be kind of 
Although he's always the one to kiss her. Like he's always licking her face and then going, Ugh. <laughs> like she tastes like garbage to him. <laughs> Poor kid. You had said Steven Spielberg was supposed to be involved. Yeah, Steven in this Spielberg movie. was going to work on this movie, so who knows what would have happened. But then he had a falling out with Bluth while they were making the land before time. So I wonder yeah. if Spielberg wanted to make it good and Don Bluth insisted on it being shitty. Or maybe Spielberg was like, This is gonna be shit, goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> that could be it too. Man, The Land Before Time, I haven't seen that in a long time. Now I'm going to watch it and be going, ah, all the time I hear. I hear. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lindsay just put her elbow in her glass. <laughs> I just like this. What did you guys think of the, these songs? Did oh, they were terrible. They were, they were awful. so bad. It, I, I love that one of the things... <laughs> What saves him from the alligator is that his voice is so great, but he's a terrible singer. He's awful. He's really, it's really bad. bad. He's just like not really trying. And the lyrics are like something you would make up in the shower. <gasps> oh, yeah. Like when he says that he was a filthy rat, actually this rat was a dog. <laughs> it really is that. I mean, like that's what this. <laughs> the that's verbatim. Yeah. Word, yeah. What he said. Oh my god! Yeah, I think awful. I think he was ad libbing some of that. That I just the songs. Did they too, really maybe. write that? Like. How bad was the script if they were writing that? In a good cartoon musical, or, or a good musical period, the songs kind of move the plot forward and teach you something about the characters. At these, it's every time it sort of starts, it just kind of like rumbles to life, and it's like, uh, let's uh, please let this be over. They're it's filling really time. Awkward. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't fit in there. They did it out of obligation. I think that they're kind of padding out the runtime too. Oh, totally. This is like 85 sure. minutes, even with a long end credit sequence. Mm -hmm. Should we go back to the alligator? Yeah. So, <laughs> Chloe, you have more to say about the alligator. Yeah, well, okay, so it's interesting because it's the, what, the fat-lipped alligator moment. What is it specifically called? It is, let me, let me look at my notes. The big-lipped alligator moment is a trope now, and this yeah. is the origin of it. Like, this is actually the genesis of that trope, but the trope, what it's known for, is that it has no relevance on the plot, and yet the alligator totally comes back and saves him. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're so saying it's like a deus ex machina. Like, yeah, it comes exactly. in and saves the day at the last minute. Yeah. It's kind of weird, because they picked a setting that works for the alligator. They have him come in. It seems totally random. He leaves, but then he comes back at the end of the movie, and they need him there. Yeah. So that's where it's kind of like, how did that trope happen? Did people see this movie, forget about it, and then be like, I remember that singing alligator? Maybe it was just so weird. Like that, the, well, the musical number where he's introduced is so random. Really? Yeah. It really makes, it, it kind of makes sense. But. Yeah. For a while, it did seem sort of inserted because they were kid, they, they went through this whole terrifying ordeal where they were kidnapped by those little pygmies. <laughs> and they were, they were almost sacrificed to this gator. And then just cut to the next scene, and they never talk about it again. Yeah, well, that happened, you know, as per usual mm -hmm. in Louisiana. We got abducted by an alligator that was singing a lot. Yeah, they just, I mean, they were being offered up as sacrifices. They were being they sacrificed totally were. to the gator because mm -hmm. they were in cages, and he tried to eat them. I think the the other thing that I just remembered is they have this come out of nowhere. And then later, our little girl is kidnapped again, but this time by Carface. And there's no lead up to that. Like, it, oh, the movie yeah. acts like we're supposed to know how she got there and what's mm -hmm. going on, but it just jumps to it. And yeah, it, she just kind of runs away. It's after that moment where he just, <laughs> she's behind him and he's just saying such terrible things. She's a worthless piece of crap. I don't yeah. care about her. <laughs> 
And then suddenly she's been kidnapped. Like they don't show the kidnapping and he's rescuing her. So that was strange. Job. I yeah. felt like I'd zoned out for a second, but yeah. it really just cuts to them I, having I thought I just didn't pay attention. Do you think that they made cuts to this movie? They shouldn't have if they were filling it with bad songs. (laughs) Or do you think think they cut the scene? The actress died before it was released. Do you think it was a controversial scene in light of her death? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the scene was that they must have cut. Maybe it was very threatening or something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this, not, though. This child's know. in danger for a lot of the movie, though. That's true. Yeah, that's why I don't think they would have cut it for that reason. I wonder if they just thought it was either too scary for kids, because that's what they did in Little Nemo, and they mm-hmm. ruined Little Nemo because they were cutting lots of scenes that they were just like, oh, this is too scary for American kids. Yeah. So I wonder if they did that. Although, this is a pretty scary movie for kids. I mean... It's G-rated. But There's it true evil in this yeah. movie. Oh, that's another comment that I read on IMDb that everybody thinks it should be rated PG. Because yeah. there's smoking and yeah. drinking and there's a lot of, like, I don't know, it just... It's very inappropriate. Yeah. It's a pretty dark plot, too. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a Tales from the Crypt episode <laughs> in the sense that it's about a gangster that dies and resurrects himself to get revenge mm-hmm. <laughs> through <laughs> so the bad. help of a... Of basically a witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I love? The laser gun. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The laser gun in 1939. For some reason, <laughs> that's where they drew the line. They're like, we can't have real guns in this movie. We're yeah, have a laser gun. So in 1939, they had what looked like a Tommy gun, but shot laser beams. Mm-hmm. It was also a very random scene as well. That it was just, never referenced again. Yeah. It didn't, it just kind of happened and then was over. Yeah. When they realize that he's back from the dead, they're going to go get him with their laser gun that they conveniently have. Here's another thing with Carface. With that car thing? Yeah. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) This this is a weird gangster leader that likes to, in his spare time, project the scene of, like, just scenery going by and he stands on top of a car pretending to drive. With, well, like, a scarf and, like, fans blowing him. Yeah. I think it's just a play on dogs like to be in the car. I think that that's all it is. Oh, and okay, he's, maybe. It's just showing, like, in this world, dogs have, like, repurposed cars to be used as buildings and yeah. things. Or maybe that's just sort of Carface's obsession. I mean, cars in his name. But it sounds like but they're mostly in junkyards, so that's yeah. why they use their buildings or cars. Or that yeah. could be. Yeah. Terrifying to see Itchy construct a building out of cars using a giant crane. Mm-hmm. I will say one really it. good thing of this movie is kind of the use of... I think it's kind of clever in the animation how the things like that, like they use cars and just like everyday objects that they scavenged mm-hmm. off of humans to like build their own world with. Yeah. yeah. What about when like he actually goes back, like he's dead now and that he's going to hell and there's that weird spirit and he has one chance to say goodbye. Oh yeah. And then dog light ball comes back from heaven, the lady from heaven, <laughs> and then just breaks the weird spirit demon and and that was really surreal really weird and it was right at the end of the movie everyone's been saved little girl's happy she has a family she's living with itchy and charlie's dead and we don't really care about charlie but he wants to say bye and then just evil demon like a large large (laughs) evil demon towering over the house i thought it was like the demon was attacking her or something like it was going after her for some reason or going after itchy this is how i interpret it they said you can never come back charlie that means he's going to dog hell that's just like the default situation 
but the Whippet intervened because she saw how cool he'd been in saving yeah. the little girl. So she killed the demon and stopped it from taking Charlie to hell. So, so she weird, floats though. down in a blue orb. <laughs> yeah, a blue orb. the red demon. Yeah. But this is where I'm wondering, in this world, is God a female dog? Dog is God goddess. <laughs> yeah. God's a bitch. God is a bitch. God's such a little bitch. <laughs> Can we talk about the Grand Chahi for a minute? Oh, right. Yeah, the Grand Chahi was when they went to the racetrack at the very beginning trying to make their funds to build a new uh, casino. Little doggy casino. Yeah, and Anne-Marie asked the horses who's going to win because they always decide before the races who's going to (laughs) win. It's not luck. The fix is always in. (laughs) That's what is the Grand Chahi's birthday. And they pan over to a really derpy horse. (laughs) Really, really derpy horse and we can't like i can't figure out what is chahi you had a theory chloe well, i that thought that he was just mentally handicapped and um, he couldn't pronounce charlie, charlie or something. there's <laughs> flies chahi. buzzing around him he has a little like his tongue sticking out he's got a little party hat on yeah. a little dunce cap he can't yeah. even run very well like he gets out of on the track going backwards and then the other two horses that are really great and kind of high class and mm-hmm. oh the really english ritzy. accent guy was great yeah. with english accents and they ended up ju- they just push him past the finish line they mm-hmm. run for him yeah. That was Why weird. was that necessary? I don't know. And it's just like, what are they doing there? Like, Chalky... Because th- I was thinking, is like that a riff on a Native American name? So are they know. Like, are they making fun of Native Americans? Or are they making fun of bad. the mentally disabled? <laughs> At the very least, like, something bad was happening with Chalky. It was not good. That's the thing that reminds me, though, because he, he... So he comes back from heaven. He has to be kind of on the down low because Carface thinks he's dead. And Car's face would be after him if he knew he was alive. So mm-hmm. they're they're trying to keep it quiet, but then he creates a dog casino and puts a huge neon sign on it that says Charlie's place. place. Yeah. And the, I thought he just wanted to get revenge for being murdered, and then he was like, "Just kidding! I'm gonna make a lot of money." Yeah, and that was just all he cared about. And then he yeah. he forgot to get her address because he promised. Oh, they eventually to get got her, her address. But they got they yeah. got her address. It was after. Oh, she had to cry about it first. Yeah, right? she had yeah. to cry and then sit in the <laughs> corner. He's so sad. In a normal revenge scenario, he'd be trying to kill Carface, but I think maybe he just really believes that the best revenge is a life well lived and he's gonna show (laughs) Carface that he's gonna have his own joint and it's gonna be bigger and better than Carface's. Maybe it's because he's technically supposed to be the hero and if he went for revenge he'd be going to kill Carface. Maybe (laughs) he thought that was a little too much for a Well he is on death row at the beginning of the movie. We talked a little bit about this before teeping. Why do you think Charlie was on death row? Oh yeah I think we all want to think he murdered a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that the humans decide who's in the pound. It seems like it was humans that were shooting it. Controlling it, yeah. Unless it's sort of like our world where there's really no justice in deciding which dogs really get put down. I like to think that Charlie's just put out a lot of jugulars. <laughs> Which, really quick, when they when the humans were shooting at them in the pound, were those laser guns or were they real guns? Oh my they God, looked like, what a- if all the guns are in that movie were laser guns, but they seemed like real <laughs> They guns. seemed like real guns, right? They did. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was very, like, kind of off-putting, because I'm like, they're really, they're shooting at them. Mm-hmm. Oh my Except god. Except very violent. Escaping yeah. from prison and shooting and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, set a, they set a tone early on. Mm-hmm. They did. 
very dark, depressing world <laughs> that they live in. This thing, like, think of all the impressionable children that watch this. Their parents look at the <laughs> title, like, this will be fine. They leave, and their kids are, like, learning about the whorehouse, the gambling. <laughs> What's funny, though, is that the humans seem to have good lives. Like, the humans oh, that yeah. we that we see in this movie are dressed really well. They have great houses. They seem like sweet people. It's all the animals that are fucked up. It's really a metaphor for the class system. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just really want to watch Balto now. And if Balto turns out to be a really like inappropriate, depressing movie, I'm going to be very sad. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> what what was it called? Rockadoodle, mm-hmm. the other Don Bluth movie that they advertised during this. That one's definitely dark and depressing. And then I realized, wait a minute, he did Secret of Nim, which was. PG, but I think people had, so there were some people that had pushed to make it PG-13. Like, that mm-hmm. one's also very dark. And then an, Amer- an American Tale is pretty dark. I What's Don Blue's problem? That. What yeah. happened to him as I a think, child? I, think he's, I don't he's know. Just a, he's just a sad man. I mean, it makes sense for being sad after this movie. Like, apparently he was very distraught, uh, understandably, with the death of well, Judith yeah. Barcy. And he, so much so that he based the movements of, I think, Itchy on the little girl, which is weird because that's a wiener dog. He based the movements? Yeah. Wait, really? That's what I read, yeah. But the thing is, it's not, it's not just her death that caused that, because The Land Before Time came before this movie, and that, I remember being a pretty scary movie when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was wrong. He based the movements of Anne-Marie... On Judith Barcy, yeah, not Itchy. Maybe I just wanted to believe that instead of doing the logical thing, basing the movements of the kid on the kid, he's like, yeah. the wiener dog just has to move I'm just like this child. I've never said but, that and always believe that Itchy's yeah. movements but are based it, on her. It makes sense for him to base the movements on her, though, because that was, that was a thing that animators have been doing for decades. They would film actors doing the different motions and some of the typical things that their characters would do and mm-hmm. then they kind of base the art like some of the animation on how the real people were moving so chloe you may know that we have a rating system on this show oh no um, i should have known that if you <laughs> if you had bothered to listen to our podcast i listened to one or two i listened to two yeah, you, I uh, remember you listened to a couple. Yeah. You just didn't listen um, to the end. Maybe not. My attention is, uh, you know, has issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, the system is, do you buy it, mm-hmm. rent it, or tape over it? Obviously, if you tape over it, it's a worthless piece of crap. Okay, so. I would totally buy this. Of course I would buy this. It's ridiculous and nostalgic. It's everything I want. <laughs> yeah. I would watch it again and just make fun of it again. I feel like this is a movie you could watch again and discover other things that you didn't notice that are also absurd. Like, you guys said there was there was some kind of, like, Siamese cat ref oh, thing, yeah, and I got, didn't even notice they it. They got racist in the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very briefly. It was Itchy. Mm-hmm. Puts on, like, of course, a, Itchy. Puts on a hat and has some buck teeth for a second, and it's uncomfortable. Oh, Kids, geez. don't grow up like my character, Itchy. <laughs> Join the Boys and Girls Club. <laughs> oh, his laugh was so fake and yeah. terrible. Why didn't he get an Oscar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, what about you? 
I'm going to say rent it. <gasps> the betrayal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought he was going to love it, and then I realized, wow, this is, this is not the movie I thought it would be. Yeah, sometimes it's best not to watch things that you watch. Because <laughs> I realized, like, the little girl is wonderful, but everyone treats her like shit, except for that human family that she eventually gets. Because, like, when he, even at the end... And he's saving her. He just pushes, he pushes her through her. the fire. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can make it, girl. Just kidding. I'm going to go get my little watch thing and yeah. try to live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like Rent It because it was definitely fun to watch. I felt very nostalgic. It was kind of a fun discovery because it is so weird. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot to see in this. But I don't know if I want to watch it again. <laughs> I'm kind of somewhere on the fence between Rent It and Tape Over It. <laughs> <laughs> you got to choose one. There are things that, okay, well, let me let me just talk myself through it because the things that I like about it are just things that you wouldn't see in an animated movie today. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that this is a whole world of gangster dogs that drink and smoke and try and murder each other. <laughs> like, that's endearing to me. Like, I really like that and I kind of miss <laughs> days when kids' movies could be kind of edgy and not have to make any excuses for themselves and still get a G rating. <laughs> that um, is pretty great. Yeah. You know, I, th- I but I think what tips it to rent it for me is that I was entertained throughout. Yeah. It does have yeah. redeemable qualities. I don't really know if I would recommend this to someone. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, to the listeners out there, don't watch it. Just You don't have to watch it's it. Yeah. Like, if you watch it as a kid, it's a fun rediscovery yeah, to exactly. be amazed yeah. by what you forgot about. Like, no yeah. wonder I'm so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't beat the streets. I didn't. You never made it to the, the end of this. beat me. <laughs> <laughs> the other weird thing is this, this, this movie doesn't really tell like it doesn't really give the message that gambling and all that stuff is necessarily bad oh yeah it never really touches on that right it's like this is what people do it basically <laughs> yeah. tells you you can do whatever you want and you still go to heaven is yeah, what I got I from it. And also, like... <laughs> oh, it really does explain my life now. Oh, my God. If you're a dog, though. <laughs> wow, my mind is being blown. If you're a human and you say, God damn it, once you go to human hell. But if you're a dog, you can be a murderer, gambler, and rapist. And you still own a whorehouse. And you still get to go to heaven. <laughs> we don't know. It's not confirmed if there's a whorehouse. So well, perhaps we, we should watch it again, buy it, and watch it again. <laughs> I kind of want to rewatch the beginning to see if they're shooting uh, laser guns. Uh, well, listeners, too. Podcast at gmail.com does Burt Reynolds at one point say that he owns a whorehouse <laughs> because two of us heard that and we were too lazy to rewind and double check. Although this is like the other day where I thought Jimmy Stewart said give me the Cheez-Its or something to give me the deets oh. kind of thing. <laughs> he said Cheez-Its and it was definitely not that. What, it was give me the deets? No, I, I, that was the equivalent of the meaning. I can't remember what... The funny thing was, Sean didn't hear Cheez-Its. I was saying Cheez-Its, and he's like, no, that, those didn't exist then. And then I looked it up, and we found they out did? they did exist oh, wow. at so that it time. It could have been we rewound. It was not. It was not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's I like, because hard. he comes back from the pound, and he's like, how are all my businesses doing? The casino, the rackets, the whorehouse. I love that... In the sequel, they replace him with Charlie Sheen. That is, in hindsight, so appropriate. Yeah, they were trying to make it more family-friendly by casting Charlie Sheen. (laughs) Uh, There was another thing. In the sequel, it's set in San Francisco, and Sean pointed out animal movies like to have sequels in San Francisco. Really just this and Homeward Bound, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, movies in general, I think, like, San Francisco is a setting. Yeah. Yeah. It's more iconic. 
I am wondering though, how do they do the sequel? Because it looked modern, like they were on motorcycles and skateboards. <clears throat> well, if they're in heaven, then they can just come back at any Whenever. time they That's want true. without aging. Because Ichi Lindsay, you go never to die heaven. in heaven. Yeah, because you're already dead. Are you <laughs> sure that the sequel's in modern day? Well, I mean, it's just they were on a skateboard on the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, so in this movie, day. in this movie, they they had. Bo like delivery pizza in cardboard boxes. Yeah, I don't remember the sequel at all. Other than that, maybe maybe Itchy's in heaven by that point too. Maybe he died a natural death. Aww, and he ends up in. But at least Charlie is called back from heaven to save someone. Also, all of the uh, movements of Itchy were based on the. Actors <laughs> 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 Everyone just write down as fact I everything really that we say that about idea. all dogs go to heaven. I like that idea. So, Chloe, why don't you tell us about your improv? Where can oh, people yeah. go see that? Much like Burt Reynolds, I improvise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have shows every other Monday at Stageworks, which is in the Mission in San Francisco. It's called, wait for it, Machete Cats Can't Even Break the Internet, colon, You Won't Believe What Happens Next. It's a great title. And it's Hilarious a show. Yeah. It's a great, great team. Great, great team of comedians and comedians. comedians. Yeah, there's it's multiple genders on the team. Yeah, <laughs> so pretty much evenly divided, right? Yeah, it's pretty pretty evenly split. It's a lot of fun. I would recommend coming. I don't yeah. know. I'm not biased about it though. <laughs> <laughs> now the shows are really fun, and each time you guys surprise, which is nice. Okay. I mean, you know, because it is improv, so it's different every time. Yeah, that's true. And the theme of it is sort of. The millennial, millennial culture. culture. Yeah. yeah. So we do like short form games, which are kind of like uh, whose line is it anyway? If you've heard of that, mm -hmm. uh, just a little show. You've heard of. <laughs> just um, the birth of improv. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> Get out of here, Sean. <laughs> but we do, yeah, we do a lot of short form games, and we change the titles to be more fitting with millennial culture. So I think this show. This upcoming show, we're doing something called Hulu God. Because I remember you guys did a uh, weekend at Bernie Sanders. Weekend at Bernie Sanders, yeah, that's super fun where everybody slowly dies, but you still have to prop up their body and do a scene. <laughs> I remember my favorite one of those is where you were the last person alive and just moving the corpses around to talk <laughs> to each exhausting. other. It's exhausting. You're like hopping over all these like bodies on stage and trying to lift them up and nobody's helping you. They're all like pretending to be passed out and dead. <laughs> Very fun. Much like all dogs go to heaven. Mm -hmm. All improvisers go to heaven, too, because we're loyal. And <laughs> 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 you could kill anybody and go to heaven. I do kill a lot of people in scenes. Fake killing. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. You're a mass murderer on stage. Mm -hmm. I like to be like Michael Scott and just pull a gun in every scene. Just totally <laughs> stop the action. <laughs> so the next episode is going to be... July 4th, the birth of our nation. Uh, not the racist film, mind you. <laughs> yeah, God. Well, no. Lindsay might be selecting a VHS copy of Birth of the Nation, no. but uh, probably something more appropriate for the show, I'm guessing. We're going to watch Independence Day. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We need, it's time for some Jeff Goldblum to be on this podcast. And some Will Smith and Bill Pullman. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. perfect because it'll be coming out right after the probably yeah. shitty sequel is coming out. So, so I remembered something about this movie the other day. And it's that, and I don't really tell people this, but I'll tell you guys. When I saw it in theaters, I actually had nightmares 
after following it. Oh no! And I and I remember that I like woke up in the middle of the night terrified, and I just went and slept on the floor in my brother's room. <laughs> well, it's a lot of people die in Independence Day, like death. half the Earth. Yeah. yeah. The summer of '96, when I was a boy, was like the summer of Independence Day. It was the first movie I saw twice in the theater. And I had the toys and the games and stuff. And so this is going to be an exciting one to revisit. Do you guys have other episodes already pre-planned? Ooh, can we spoil things? Ooh. Spoilers? (laughs) Um, Spoilers. Well, there will probably be a horror movie in time for Halloween and probably several more before Halloween. (laughs) God. No, uh, I think we want to do to get to grandmother's house. We go in Christmas. Yeah, which is a Mary oh, Kate and Ashley Olsen. Oh my god! We kind of do a podcast within a podcast where we revisit uh, each movie in the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen canon. <laughs> um, That's great. So far, we've done Double Double Toil and Trouble, and it takes two. Wait, let yeah. me know when you do the soccer one. Oh, you want to get dibs on the soccer one? I would one? love to do the soccer one because I love that shit. Yeah, you can definitely come back. Yeah. One of our one of our other guests, who is also named Chloe, was our guest for the It Takes Two episode. Oh wow! And she called Passport to Paris. Yeah, she also did that one. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I also like that one. Yeah. But I remember the soccer one a little bit yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Passport to Paris was the first one where they discovered they had like romantic interests. Like, oh my god, boys. And then I think soccer was, the soccer one is where they're trying was, to prove they're cool again. It was still like, I'm a tomboy, I'm a girl girl, yeah. let's switch. And then they <laughs> remade it famously as Bend It Like Beckham. That's <laughs> 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 uh, uh, a good movie. I'd like to thank Will Price for use of his song Mandatory Groove. You can find more of Will's music at soundcloud.com slash gargantulon. Gargantulon. Um, if you want to learn more about our podcast or listen to other episodes, you can go to tapeheadspodcast.com. If you have any questions for us, you can email us at tapeheadspodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear some feedback. You can rate us and review us on iTunes. Those iTunes reviews are looking pretty sparse right now. I think it's I think one of them is my mom. <laughs> one of them is definitely your mom. I think anyone can pick that out. Well, Chloe, thank you for coming on the show. You're Thanks welcome back me. anytime. This is I'd fun. love to. Yeah. Look forward to the next Machete Cats. Yeah, come to my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, that's Stage Works in the Mission. Monday at 8. Monday, every other Monday every at 8. Every other Monday at 8. Yeah. And it's only $5. <laughs> and you can stay all night and see other shows too, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. And Machete Cats are on the, the interwebs, yeah, right? Yeah, you can Google it. Google yeah. it. The Aren't there a lot of other uh, machete cats out there? I don't know. Will something know. sad show up if you look up machete cats <gasps> oh on God. Google image search? And That'd he's saying awful. that because it's true. I, I Google image search. Oh my God. No. Yeah, don't do it. We could cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's on the, the Facebook. And the games improv. Yeah, we'll get you there. Also, whose line is it anyways? Not the birth of improv. Let's just clear that one out again. Sure. <laughs> it's the oh, introduction no. for a lot of people. Yeah. But I have to be a snob about this I right don't know. I think Drew okay. Carey invented improv. I think he yeah. might be wrong. Single-handedly. <laughs> he used to do a one-man improv show. Yeah. And, yeah. and people were like, what, are they, what is he doing? This is so ahead of the time. Yeah. It's so odd. God. It's like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> The thing is, he's the worst improviser on whose line well, is it that's anyway. Why that's the why host. he's the host. Yeah. So that he's not actually on stage. Well, that's it for Tape Heads. I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. I'm Chloe. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>